I'm joined by Zora Bartelemy from the organisation Youth for Climate. Good morning. Hello. It's been a while since your last demonstration, but you've got one organised for the 24th of September. So what have you been up to since the last one? Um, we've been pretty active, like on social media. We've also had one online demonstration um, during the first lockdown. Um, and we've tried like to come up with ideas on how to mobilize, but we didn't want to like organize big manifestations until young people had the opportunity to get vaccinated. Um, and so now we're feeling pretty safe that even with Corona, we can organize something again. So will you continue to have regular school strikes from now on, do you think? Um, we will have to see like how this works out because it's a new situation for all of us. Mm -hmm. Like um, also with like the masks and the coronavirus. Um, but we're definitely motivated to get going again. And just keep the momentum going. Yes. I mean, yeah, I think you've done as much as you can from what I've seen. You've done as yeah. much as you can on social media. So um, I think it is important to try and keep the momentum yeah. going in a different way. Do you have a specific message this time? Has it changed in any way? Um, yes, I think like the message is Wasser steht das bis zum Hals, so like the water is up to our necks mm -hmm. because um, with the recent inundations like the floodings and um, also the new IPPC report that has, that has been published uh, a few weeks ago, um, it's quite clear that the climate crisis is coming faster than we expected it to a few years ago. And so it's really, it's time to act and it's time for politicians to act and to introduce new measures. And uh, we can't let it happen tomorrow, but it needs to happen today. Well, I mean, you've made an interesting point then that I was actually going to come to. You mentioned climate change. Um, it's a climate emergency. I mean, it's not coming, it's here. Yeah, of course. So the floods, the forest fires, um, has that affected your movement? I mean, have you seen a growth in numbers or, you know, how has that affected people within your movement? Um, I think that people are like more aware of like climate change again, because I think with like coronavirus, etc. Um, it was a bit lost in the news, etc. Mm. But I think this summer really showed that it's an urgent subject and an urgent matter. Um, we haven't seen a rise in numbers uh, because I think those people that were really affected have been quite busy cleaning up um, because, for example, in Eshtanach they are still not done with the whole cleaning up. Um, so we haven't seen an effect. But yeah, of course, we in the climate movement, it's not a surprise to us. Like um, it was quite clear that this has happened in the past, like the floodings of 2018 and uh, 2017 and it's it was cl quite clear to us that this will happen again. And by calling on, on the youth of Luxembourg, do you feel ever that you're in danger of alienating other voters who elect politicians and that may delay a real change or are you really still focused on the youth groups? Uh, no, so it's mainly a youth strike because it started as a youth strike and it's a youth movement. So of course we want the young people to be present in the first words but any adults are like welcome so please join us this is something that concerns you too we are like continuing um, with the strategies of the last strikes into in uh, the end of 2019 so uh, there we work together with uh, 
a number of other organizations and adults were uh, really asked to join us. So please join us if you have time. Uh, it's an urgent matter and it concerns every one of us. And I think it's the only way really for, I mean, money talks, obviously, but I think it's the only way to, to, to get the urgency into politics. Yeah, I think so too, because um, if like politicians, the thing they are most afraid of is uh, not being reelected. Mm -hmm. So if thousands of people, like of their people, their voters go to the streets and demonstrate against their politics, uh, it's quite a sign and it's a pressure tool that we can take into meetings. And do you think that Luxembourg is doing everything it can to fight the climate emergency? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, first of all, they're acting really slowly. Like the last the climate law that um, has been implemented uh, almost one and a half year, years ago, um, like the first sexual goals were introduced this summer. And they were so proud of introducing the, these goals now. But I was like, yeah, this is one and a half years too late. If this is the pace we're going to continue, this is devastating. Um, also, the financial sector is something that isn't targeted at all or like very, very little. And uh, the financial sector is like here in Luxembourg, it's enormous and it's a really dirty factor. Like uh, if you um, look at it from a climate perspective. So uh, we have a lot of really big companies and banks here that do a lot of like really dirty investment and also our, pro uh, our own government uh, is investing the like pension funds it's still invested in like huge amounts of fossil fuels etc the pension fund that the the government yeah. holds has been yeah. in invested in and also the fonds souverain which is another fund is also invested in so is your strike then directed towards, I mean, it's a strike, we're, we're saying something needs to be done. Is it directed towards the politicians? Is it di directed towards the general public to demand more of politicians? Is it directed towards um, the financial industry or all, all three? Um, it's not directed towards the financial industry because we don't think that they care. Like they have so much money and so much power. Um, they they simply don't care. I think that uh, if they they think that they cannot make money out of it or not make as much money out of it than they can from like climate uh, harming uh, sources. So it's mainly directed towards the politicians because we see that 70% of emissions are like um, produced by industries, so also like financial, etc. Um, so we don't direct it to the general public because we don't think that it makes sense to ask people to avoid any climate harming thing in their lives when they only produce 30% of the world's emissions. So it's mainly uh, directed towards politicians because they are the one in charge and they are the one who can make big uh, money uh, work out uh, some climate uh, benefiting measures. So... Change needs to be made in industry and in financial sector, for example. Um, are you saying that you don't think those industries will make those changes themselves? It has to be the government regulating these changes? Yeah, absolutely. Like one thing we've advocated since the beginning um, is uh, system change, not, not climate change. We live in a very neoliberal, very, very capitalist world where profit, uh, like 
values more than anything. And so we advocate for a society that lives sustainably, where people show solidarity towards each other, but also towards nature and um, the whole ecosystem. Um, and we also think that this can't be achieved by how things are currently going. Like we have a huge um, discrepancy um, between rich and poorer people. There are huge class problems, um, huge inequalities anywhere. And so we also want to go against this. We think that climate change and any other social struggles uh, like need to be fought together. They go hand in hand. Yeah, they go hand in hand. Mm. Do you get frustrated by um, greenwashing in, in terms of the government, greenwashing the policies that they're putting through or greenwashing in, in the financial industry, which is a big critique of... I mean, I went past a building in Luxembourg, drove uh, on the tram the other night and there's a building we passed and I, I don't know if this bursa or whatever but basically the whole building is covered in adverts about the um, the green investments that they have and I wondered was it true you know uh, do you do you get frustrated about that kind of thing where companies are promoting this as part of their ethos and yet if you d- deep dive into it it's not really there uh, yeah of course because you just said it it's like a facade like it's like something they show on the outside and if you then look behind that you see that it's just like a distraction um, and it's really frustrating frustrating like uh, in 2019 there was like the annual meeting of the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank which is like a bank that's hugely promoted as a green bank a green investment bank And if you look at it, they invest way more, or at least in 2019, they've invested way more into fossil fuels than they invested into renewables. They weren't green at all. Like they were, maybe they were a bit greener than other banks, but um, they weren't a good bank or a climate friendly bank. The Mm. same with like so many other things, also electric car, they are solutions that only seem to be solutions because they don't tackle the problem at its roots. Um, we don't need electric car d- driving with like electric, uh, with electricity that comes out of the coal mines. We need a change in mobility. We need like a change where people don't need to move as much to get to their job, to get to their like social life, etc. Um, we need more public transport, working public transport, uh, transport, and we need to get away from this like enormous individual mobility uh, standard we have here in Luxembourg and electric cars won't solve the problem. And it's interesting, I mean, you see more and more cars, electric cars on because people can't afford to have them um, and individuals probably think they're doing the right thing. You're saying if you look or look deeper into it, there's another story there to be told. Yeah, exactly. But also it's like hard. If you want to do it right, if you're a person that's uh, ecologically aware and you want to do your best to like be climate friendly it's really hard mm-hmm. because cities are not built to be climate friendly a whole infrastructure uh, wasn't designed with the purpose of being climate friendly because back then uh, there there was no one talking about climate change and a few scientists saying hey there could be something weren't listened to because it was an uncomfortable truth and it still is so um, 
I, I get it why people want to buy electric cars, because uh, of course, if you, for example, produce your own electricity at home with solar panels, etc., and, and actually use it for your electric car, um, it is environmentally friendlier than um, a combustion engine, of course. Um, but it makes it incredibly hard to be climate friendly. And I think it's a challenge that many people face. They want to be better. They want to do better because they care about the climate and they care about the environment, etc. Um, but it's hard because this society isn't exactly a climate friendly one. Through the pandemic, obviously, people have worked from home. And I know there's a lot of pressure on companies to change their working structure so that people can continue to work from home, which in Luxembourg, you know, with so many cross-border workers, um, they're seeing the advantages of spending more time with their children um, and not having that long commute to work. Is that something that's hopeful uh, in if if companies respond and actually allow, and governments respond as well, because they're obviously tax issues, and let people work at least, say, two or three days from home to avoid that you know, long two-hour commute that they have? I think that like this is a huge debate. Like um, I think that it has some some benefits to it. Mm. I think like also the housing problem here in Luxembourg, although it also like um, has its roots in other factors. But like if we got rid of like 50% of the uh, office room here in Luxembourg City, we had a lot of more space, for example. Um, and of course, the for housing, a lot more yeah, space housing, for housing. Yeah, housing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I think the problem with commuting is that people need to leave their place and commute endless hours um, and a huge distance to get to a place like a workplace where they earn enough to have a decent life. Um, and that's something I think we need to work on um, transnationally mm-hmm. because we can't solve this here in Luxembourg alone. Um, so and also like a huge amount of our health workers, for example, um, they can't like work from home. Yeah, um, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But I think that for people who do like office jobs, um, it's seen that it's possible. Um, and like it was put in like it it was tested, obviously, mm-hmm. like um, and we saw that it was possible. But I also think it carries the risk of like bringing work to home, like um, of not putting these boundaries, which I've think it's also a risk of like making people even more efficient and exploiting people. Sure, but I mean, in terms of a liberal government, you know, it's all about freedom of choice. And it seems to be there's a lot of pressure from people with families, for example, to work from home. Whereas as a young person, um, I would say probably they would want to go to work for the social aspect, you know, so that freedom of choice... You know, if that were there, it might make a big difference. Like from a climate perspective, mm-hmm. it, it makes yeah. a lot of sense because yeah. uh, even if there are like 20,000 people less every day that commute to Luxembourg City, um, that would make a huge difference. You are a youth movement. Is there a danger of the movement losing momentum as young organisers, maybe like yourself, move away to study? Or do you think about that? Do you look at the organisation and make sure there are people coming up through that you're building? Um, of course, like I'm 18 now, um, I will like do my final year this year. Um, many people have already moved away yeah. and going to university now. Um, and of course, we're always trying to get new people in. Um, but I think it's also a bit difficult sometimes because people, I think young people feel a bit overwhelmed when they come to us. Um, because many young people are not politicized as much as we are because we've been working on this subject for like two and a half years now, some of us. 
Um, and I think that it can all be a bit overwhelming because it's a lot of work. Like mm-hmm. if you go to, uh, I don't know, the other youth organizations like the Young Kring or like youth parties, for example, um, there's a person there that takes care of like the un- un- uncomfortable tasks, like yeah. the not fun tasks. Someone from the Green yeah. Party looks after the Young Greens. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And like they, they get some kind of frame to work in and right. we do like everything by ourselves so um it's not like we are not the fun movement uh, like with the young Kring, for example mm-hmm. uh, where you have fun excursions to a place or something mm-hmm. um but it's hard work yeah for you. it's yeah it's hard work uh, but it's a work that's really rewarding i think mm-hmm. um i've met few of the cool like a few of the coolest people i've met through the climate activism, mm-hmm. um, you are team, you work together for a good cause. Um, and also we always try to make it as easy as possible for new people to feel welcome. Um, we want to educate people and it's not a bad thing if you don't know as much about climate change yet as a person that has worked on this subject for like two years. Um, so we are always happy when new people come to our meetings and start working with us um, because it's cool to have people on board and it's important uh, because the movement needs to like survive mm-hmm. our school time. Yeah, no, I can see that. And what are your thoughts on Extinction Rebellion? Um, hmm. At first I was like when the movement um, surfaced uh, in 2019 i was a really big fan of it i also participated in some actions here in luxembourg but to be honest like after roger hallam's uh, comment that the holocaust was just another ordinary fuckery which is a quotation it's absolutely not my opinion um i distanced myself from the movement right. um, because i think it's really dangerous to compare minimalize other things yeah yeah. like and to compare evil to evil like um, they also have a few positions to ecocide and overpopulation uh, like the myth of overpopulation which is also like kind of which has a racist and imperialist connotation to it Mm -hmm. Um, and they are really white movement and they are not really intersectional which is really I don't know, it saddens me because I think that intersectionality is so important mm-hmm. um, also in the climate change movement. So, yeah, they have cool actions, but they are really white, really masculine. And uh, so they don't they don't reflect themselves in a way I think they could be. Right. And you don't feel yourself reflected in that movement. No, so, yeah. not at all. Like Also, the, yeah, the whole thing with going to prison, it's such a cool experience. And I'm like, no, it's not. There are mm-hmm. people who don't have the privilege to like let themselves be arrested also Mm -hmm. so they have a really weird action consensus Mm -hmm. at extinction rebellion um which i can't identify with anymore like at the beginning i was really amused by it and i found it cool but the more politicized i got the more i learned that extinction rebellion wasn't the right thing for For, me for you yeah I think that's really interesting what you're what you're saying about having to feel comfortable within a movement um, on an individual uh, level. Let's think again on an individual level. What do you feel that individuals can do to make a difference? 
I think they need to get educated. They, if, if they have the privilege to do so, they need to educate themselves on climate, uh, talk to other people, convince them to come to climate uh, strikes, um, become active. Like we are like we are a youth movement, so we like don't welcome 50 plus or so, but there are like also adult movements uh, here in Luxembourg that fight against climate change. Um, come, come to climate strikes. So regardless of age, people, if you're my age, you can still come. Exactly. On the 24th, right? 24th, 24th September. September, mm-hmm. 10 o'clock. And where are we meeting? Uh, that will be published because okay. we, ho- we we have a route, but it's not been approved by the city yet. So. Right. Okay. So that's still to be um, announced. So the 24th of September, 10 o'clock, uh, the actual meeting points to be announced. So how can people either follow you or find the information or get in touch? Um, we are on Instagram and Facebook. Um, just uh, search for Youth for Climate. Youth for Climate, okay. Yes, uh, on Youth for Climate Luxembourg, right. um, if you want to be more pr- pr- precise. Mm-hmm. Um, we, also have a, we also have a website. It's youthforclimate.lu. Um, there you can find information. We have a countdown to the next strike. Um, and things will also be published there. Right. Um I'm sure everybody will do that and we'll look at, look out for uh, the information in terms of the actual meeting point. But you can let me know and I will do it on air closer to the time as well. Thank you very much. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been an inspiration and um, I hope you'll be back again soon. Thank you very or much. Or maybe what would, so be even, what would be even better if you didn't need to come back. But uh, <laughs> I think that's maybe too hopeful. So Yeah, probably. <laughs> we'll have you back um, anytime that, that uh, you've got anything to tell us, any initiatives that you have. Um, we're, we're happy to have you on here. Thank you very much. All have right, a nice then. day. Take care. Bye. Bye.